This episode is brought to you by Light Sources Incorporated, your global UVC lighting solutions partner. More on Light Sources Incorporated later in the show. This is Dan Spicer for the IUVA Wavelength Podcast, and we have our section two of our Achieving Consensus on Applying GUV in Public Spaces. This is in advance of the upcoming meeting we'll be having at the ASHRAE headquarters in uh, Georgia on June 6th to June 8th. Uh, I've got another great panel of guests here to speak with us who are heavily involved with the planning uh, and the operations of this event. So one by one, I'll ask them to introduce themselves and Cam, if you don't mind starting. Yeah, so I'm Cameron Miller. I work at the National Institute of Standards and Technology, known as NIST, and I am the Deputy Division Chief for the Sensor Science Division. Uh, Sensor Science Division covers anywhere from temperature to pressure to optical radiation, which is what we're here to talk about today. Uh, Very good. All right, Um, Ashish, please. Hi, uh, I'm Ashish Mathur. I'm uh, Vice President of Innovation and Technology at Ultraviolet Devices. We're a UV device manufacturer. I've been involved with IUVA for the past uh, four, five, four to five years now, especially in the healthcare working group. I'm also active uh, in the ASHRAE and currently chair of the technical committee for ultraviolet devices and systems at ASHRAE. And that's uh, how I contribute to this. Thank you. Very good. Thank you, Sheesh. Mairead? Yes, I'm Mairead Smith. I'm a principal project engineer at ECRI, ECRI. Um, we are an independent nonprofit organization that helps help hospitals and healthcare organizations make purchasing decisions and improve patient safety. Um, so in my day job, I test medical devices. Um, we do everything from uh, you know sutures to MRI, but we've been working in this UV space since about 2016 um, and helping hospitals answer their questions about the UV technology. Very good, thank you. And Katya, please. Yes, hi, uh, I'm Katya Auer. I'm the clinical director for American Ultraviolet. And I've been involved with the IUVA actually originally 15 years ago, um, but I recently rejoined and I'm a very active member of ASHRAE and have been for about uh, oh, also over 15 years. And yeah, anything and everything UVC is generally a part of my work. I mostly deal with infection prevention and focus is healthcare. Very good. Well, thank you all for joining us for this uh, this episode, this podcast. Um, as I mentioned, it's the second of hopefully three or four we'll be doing um, over the course of the next few weeks in advance of the, uh, the June 6th start of the Achieving Consensus on Applying GUV in Public Spaces conference. Um, so I guess the first section or first question I had for the group at large here is, um, what what is your level of involvement if you don't mind one at a time to kind of lay out what you're individually working on for this event if you've got a if you're moderating a section or you're you're speaking at uh, one portion of one module of the section give me an idea uh, starting with cam what is your involvement and in, in what's your what's your role in this conference yeah so i'm facilitating the standard section and you know setting the direction of where we're going um currently myself i'm working with the illuminating engineering society uh, which is a partner of with the IUVA, developing um, measurement methodologies for the different UVC generating technologies out there. Um, just to get a little brief introduction to that level, um, 
LM92 is a document that came out about a year ago. It basically gives you the methodology to measure ultraviolet LEDs, the component level. We have LM93, which recently came out, talks about measuring the eczema lamp, uh, the individual component. Currently, we're working on a document which will become LM95 that measures the radiant intensity distribution out of a UVC generating device. So something that's a final product. Um, <clears throat> hopefully, you know, this will give uh, modelers and quality control and all sorts of things, folks to be able to compare apples to apples, different types of products. Um, of course, then we have standards we want to work on, which is like low pressure mercury or pulse xenon, uh, medium pressure mercury. And what I'm hoping to get out of this is some sort of direction to make sure that we're work prioritizing working on the proper standards first as industry needs them. And then we can uh, follow through with the other ones as, you know, it always takes a few folks. So there's only so many volunteers working on standards. Is that so an open, this, open plug? Yeah. Yeah. So it is uh, always need volunteers and uh, tech, you know, technically capable folks to help, uh, create these standards. Very and then good. the last one we want to work on is the characterization of detectors. Um, it's something that this industry needs so we can base it on radiometry as opposed to other uh, biological aspects, which some of the other folks will talk about. Very good. Uh, Sheesh, you mind giving us a quick uh, synopsis of what you're working on as it pertains to the conference? Sure. Um, I am part of the organizing team for this workshop, uh, which is uh, going to be scheduled in June. Also, I'll be the facilitator for the industry section of the workshop. Uh, that is really the first working group and um, take it from there. My contribution is really as, uh, again, uh, more from an ASHRAE standpoint. Uh, ASHRAE is active in writing standards, doing research, handbooks, uh, and various topics related to UV. And there's a slew of activities which has been initiated in collaboration with IUVA in the development of uh, standards uh, for evaluating UV devices for air disinfection, surface disinfection, and Katya will get into a little bit more detail. And also today, there are no guidelines uh, for upper air UV systems, and that's GPC 37. So, as, uh, so there's a gap in terms of uh, having no performance standards in the industry today, uh, let alone test standards. So performance standards come later, but today we're actually working on expanding the test standards to evaluate UV devices and the different applications where UV is used. So, and the goal is to uh, develop those standards and also identify knowledge gaps in terms of research and technology uh, also evaluation of new emerging technologies such as far UV and uh, UVC LEDs, uh, which is uh, becoming a hot topic nowadays. Very good, thank you. Uh, Maureen. And, and I think this, this I am so sorry, but may, may I just kind of chime in because it's perfect to transition to uh, talk about what Ashish just mentioned. I'd like to tie into the this conversation to the two standards that he's referring to. Uh, one is the SPC 185.3 ASHRAE standard. Uh, it's called Method of Testing In-Room Devices and Systems for Microorganism Removal or Inactivation in a Chamber. So this standard is actually 
currently in the public review phase. So we are hopefully entering uh, final reviews within the next uh, couple of months. These are processes that are driven by committees, a lot of volunteer work, so this takes time. The second standard is a method of test. It's called the 185.4. It's method of testing in-room ultraviolet devices and systems for microbial inactivation on surfaces in a test room. So this is really one of the first um, standards that is being worked on that actually addresses the in-room environment. So we're trying to mimic an actual room environment to be able to um, evaluate or, or test um, all these different devices. And this is not just for the uh, 254 wavelength, but really all uh, wavelengths that in the UVC spectrum that like to uh, test their um, devices or systems too. So we're very excited uh, we've made a lot of progress and we have a draft version that we're actually going to share with our committee members next week. And hopefully by the time we enter the uh, IUVA meeting in June, we have a much more completed uh, draft. And so we're very excited to talk about it during the meeting and promote it. And um, so Excellent. I just thank you. Thank you. Uh, Mairead, anything to add there as, as pertains to your involvement in the committee in the conference? Sure. So uh, I have been only uh, lately involved in the uh, the conference so far. Um, I've been attending some of the meetings uh, for planning, um, but so far I plan to be uh, a participant at the meeting, um, hoping to uh, learn a lot from the conversation. Uh, but in the last, uh, last several months and leading up to the conference, I've been working with uh, NEMA, the National Electronics Manufacturing Association. Um, and we've been working on an effort related to labeling of UV devices and luminaires. Um, and the goal of that is to uh, improve the quality of the information and the uh, consistency of the information that is provided by uh, device and luminaire manufacturers um, so that purchasers, uh, users, potentially regulators as well, um, can better understand the capabilities of the products that they're looking at um, and hopefully choose a product that's better suited to their needs. Fantastic. <clears throat> uh, kind of question for all of you and feel free any of you to jump in to answer this. So we've got we've got uh, standards that CAM is working on. We have standards that uh, Katia and Ashish are working on. Um, so more of the industry applicable standards, and maybe they all are indirectly applicable, but the ones that will affect, let's say, OEM manufacturers and those in the field, uh, what are you most eager to see? Which one are you most eager to see completed uh, sooner and later? And, and for someone that, like me who's been kind of in and out of, of this process, when do you think we'll actually have final in set in stone standards? It, it's felt like a few years. I know these things take quite a bit of time, but what's your, if you had to put your thumb in the wind and feel which way the wind is blowing in terms of a completion date, what would you say that would be? Would it be this year, next year, five years from now? Any of you, please. So just commenting on the standards uh, that I just mentioned, actually the 185.3 uh, standard, that was record time. I think that was uh, submitted, you know, within uh, just a little over a year. To, for public review, usually these standards take years. We used to mostly work on these standards during the ASHRAE summer and winter meetings. So now having you know Zoom, Teams, et cetera, we've gotten so used to meeting in 
three, two to three week intervals and having subcommittee groups, uh, it's, it's really expedited the process. It makes it very exciting. The uh, 185.4 standard, we're very aggressive in a positive sense of pushing this to completion, completion because the industry uh, manufacturers and consumers really need the standard. It's very important to have. So we're hoping that uh, by the time June rolls around that we're already in public review and um, hopefully we can push this forward very, very rapidly and hopefully sooner than that. I just, I rather, I don't want to overpromise, um, but that's really the goal. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Ashish, that you got <laughs> yeah, impressive. yeah, and Ashish can tie in. He's been in the middle of all of this, so mm -hmm. he's he's, He's heavily involved. Right. And I would uh, echo the same thing for the GPC 37 guidelines uh, for upper air uh, disinfection systems uh, for UV technologies. Currently, the focus is only 254 nanometers. And uh, the, the hope, again, is even for that one, the guideline should be coming out, uh, I would say, in the third quarter of this year, uh, if not earlier. Fantastic. Because uh, that the guideline is not really going out maybe so much for a public review. So that process is expected to be faster. Very good. Um, yep. Great. Yeah, anything to add there? Yeah, for once, what should be tabbed LM95, which is measuring final products, products that are meant to be plugged into the branch circuit, um, mm -hmm. that will really be able to have radiometric measurements of final devices. That's the information that'll end up on the labeling effort that Marie's been working on. Um, that'll be the big workhorse. Um, my background has been in working in the solid state lighting industry for the last 20 years. And there's uh, an LM out there called LM79, which has shown that that is what people lean on when we take these measurements to compare devices. So when that comes out, um, you'll have some physical measurements so you can actually compare different devices. The one that really needs a lot of work, um, and it'll take a couple of years to do research, which will be very important in the field measurements is the characterization of the detectors is the one that I threw in mm. there at the end. Um, you know, once you take a device that was kind of made for the laboratory out into the field, all things start happening and <laughs> we need a lot of, um, and that's why it's characterization, not calibration, because it, it provides a lot of educational use for the end user on what their device can measure and how well it's going to measure and what the environment's doing to it um, and skewing your results as such. So um, that one will be important for verification of installations and such. Very good. Can um, I jump here in here too as well? Yeah, Dan? please, uh, please. Yeah, so from a personal perspective, I'm very excited to see the work that Katya and Ashish have been working on. Uh, I believe it's 185.4, the room-focused standard. Mm -hmm. I'm very excited to see that come to, to fruition. Um, I think that'll have a great impact for hospitals and healthcare facilities. Um, and, you know, from my, my labeling work as well, we're also pursuing, uh, hopefully, a voluntary standard. We have... Uh, uh, presented to ANSI Lighting Committee C-137 at this point. Um, mm -hmm. It's still on hold. We're not sure if that's going to proceed at this point. But, you know, if we do continue working, we're going to be very reliant on all of this work that Cameron's been doing um, and reporting a lot of these numbers that he's trying to figure out how to measure. So looking forward to that as well. Fantastic. So yeah, I guess one, one note that there is there is another standards effort out there the Healthcare Standards Institute, which is the team's headed up by Arthur Crittenberg, is working on a document that I would say is similar to 185.4, but it's much more geared toward the operating room and the uh, patient care room. Mm 
as two types of measurements, but it's sort of where 185.4 has this global view. This one's a little bit more focused. Um, has some slight yeah. differences. Right. And if I may add to that, I think the difference, another difference is they're actually going to come out with a rating system, like a performance yes. metric, right. as opposed to 185.4, which is really a method of test to evaluate whole room disinfection devices for surface applications. This one is, again, catered to healthcare environment, but also be able to uh, put a kind of a performance metric or a rating uh, for that particular device. Great. Anything else to add? Any of you folks? Yeah, I just want to mention that we're talking about standards, but there's also, ASHRAE is also active in some research projects today. There are two projects which are pretty much ready to uh, be worked on. There's one which has already been uh, started, that is to add on to uh, the big database which NIST has come out with, that is for the rate constants, inactivation rate constants for all the microorganisms of concern today. The objective of this research project is to kind of do a deeper dive into all the available literature and really present to the industry what are the true values of UV susceptibilities of the different microorganisms, how much dose is required to inactivate, uh, depending on the medium, whether it's in surface or air or water. Uh, so there's a lot of uh, literature out there, but there's there's a whole range. So this is more of a focused uh, research uh, to complement and augment uh, the database which NIST has come out with. Today's episode is sponsored by Light Sources Incorporated, your global UVC lighting solutions partner. With over 38 years of lamp manufacturing experience, Light Sources is a key partner and supplier of germicidal UVC lamps to hundreds of OEMs globally. Whether your application is water, air, or surface disinfection focused, Light Sources Incorporated has the expertise to help make your design become a reality. To learn more about what Light Sources can do for your business, check out www.light-sources.com. A question kind of I'll ask each and one each one of you, please, if you don't mind answering it. Um, what would be uh, one of your hopes or your hope uh, accomplishments coming out of this conference in June uh, down at the ASHRAE headquarters? Um, anyone want to jump in on this one? What's one goal you hope to achieve at this conference? I, I leaned toward it initially is hopefully as an industry, as the users, as the manufacturers, everybody that we have a direction and a prioritization of topics. Things can only happen. There's only so many people to go around working on different things. And we need this prioritization and we don't wanna go off on a branch and then that not be a useful branch spending our time. So um, I'm hoping for direction, guidance, that things are going the way they should be or something, somebody telling me something that I don't know that we need so we can work on that too. So that's what I'm hoping to get out of this. Makes sense. Yeah, if I may add, uh, what I'm, I really want to happen is right now the challenge in the industry is there's some resistance to adoption 
although that has come a long way during COVID because a lot of uh, federal agencies have kind of endorsed UV. Of course, ASHRAE has always been behind it. CDC has uh, come on and a uh, lot of research is going on and, and activities in the federal and government agencies like Department of Energy, uh, they, they're doing an evaluation for upper end for UVC systems and so so some other uh, organizations as well. What we want to address is what are the challenges in really implementing adoption is one thing and also implementing these solutions. There was a White House summit uh, last year where I think a case was made. People were saying, what can we do to mitigate transmission? It's all about how do you mitigate uh, transmission and technologies are out there. And I think one of the uh, panelists made a statement that UV, everyone knows UV works. Why isn't there a bigger drive by the government and federal agencies to adopt it? Sure. So what I hope to get out of this is consensus. So it's the whole, the theme is consensus. Consensus on what are your main issues which are there uh, and then what are the action items and objectives which collectively this interdisciplinary working group is going to hope to achieve uh, at least set up the 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 plan the action plan uh, out of this workshop so that uh, everyone is aligned on what are the things which need to be done to make these things happen great Marader Katya Sure. I'm really looking forward to, you know, a productive conversation between the various stakeholders who we hope will be at this meeting. Um, you know, we're going to have manufacturers, we're going to have researchers, we're hopefully going to have some, uh, you know, federal presence as, there as well. Um, I'd love to see some infection preventionists, people uh, more mm -hmm. on the, the hospital side, um, and really, you know, having a productive conversation between these different parties about what are the root issues that uh, especially infection preventionists are facing, um, you know, that's my focus in my day job. So uh, I have a little bit of a bias there. Um, but how can we make things a little bit easier for them? Um, because they're pulled in so many directions. Um, so identifying ways that we can make this uh, information more available to them and more comprehensible to them um, so that they can apply it appropriately. Great. I, I really uh, love what you just said, Marie, because I think that's oftentimes you know, the simplicity gets lost in the shuffle and we need, you know, not only have this consensus building that um, Ashish just spoke about, but really having this application of this, this has to be uh, simple enough so it can be adopted and is more easily understood. And we need to take the guesswork out of the game. And that's why we're driving so hard to have these standards developed, because I think once we have those developed, we have something that we can hang our hats on and say, all right, this is a method of test. And Cameron just spoke about a, a performance standard that um, um, Dr. Kreitenberg is developing. And so these are all the important pieces that I think this year are really coming together. And the conference to me is a place where we can then have this consensus building. We need to have this clear clarity of, we need to have a clear vision on how the field of UVC can move forward and is and continues to gain uh, acceptance. So we have the, we really need this greater acceptance. We all know it, what it can do, but this, this acceptance 
there's there's there are these little hurdles and hopefully we can address those absolutely and actually um i'll jump in here and i'll be a panelist for 10 seconds uh marie you made a really good point and it triggered a thought the i'm not sure among the panel here uh if any of you were at the uh the yale university the first iteration of this group um i've been to every iteration or every event that this hai group has has hosted or spun off and it's kind of funny that i think about marie's comments the first one was was not i can't say the best one it was it was interesting because we actually had people facilities managers and folks who are on the front lines who are using the equipment who are installing the equipment who are talking about operational costs and in talking about how some systems are a pain to work with we really since then we you know we have folks like dr martinello but he's almost kind of sucked into a different portion of the discussion having the folks in the front lines who end up having to deploy and or use the equipment and or validate it and make sure it's working that's really important because you can make a really great product but if the end user is not educated or it's cumbersome to use they're just not going to use it or they'll misuse it and we've done a lot of great work for nothing so that's a really good point for for any of you on this panel or anyone listening uh for future events is getting the end users involved it's it's a lot of the same folks we all know each other but getting the end users uh getting their buy-in is really critical too it's a great point right um we've only got uh six or five uh, five or minutes here so i'll, I'll do one one last wrap-up question but i, I kind of wanted to get your feeling uh, for for you folks that have been on the panel or, or been on the uh, the group for for some time now, have you found over time that the level of cooperation and coordination has gotten better? Are all the stakeholders playing nice, um, or is there more work to be done? I'll jump in. Um, so I've been involved with the group since uh, January 2020, right before the pandemic, um, and you know. Right from that point, I was impressed with how much collaboration there is within the group. Um, you know, I don't know how things were in the earlier days before that, but, um, you know, I think it's great that we can have these open and honest conversations between, um, you know, people doing research, people developing products. Um, there's a trust there, I think, in these conversations. Um, and I think it's, you know, really productive. Um, and I think, you know, Troy's gonna, done a wonderful job, you know, keeping everyone, uh, you know, collaborative and pointed in the right direction. Yeah, and what I, uh, to tie into what Marie said, what I, I joined at about the same time. And what I enjoy is that uh, it's becoming uh, more organized, very focused, and very productive. So I appreciate all the initiatives and the very hard work that many of the members are putting into the meetings. And I really love the exchange of good information. So that's what I really enjoy. So to, I find them uh, very useful um, meetings. Yes. Uh, yeah, if I may add, I think the Cincinnati conference in November was, I would call that groundbreaking effort because that was the first time before, uh, yeah, the first time where we had the federal agencies and government associations actively participate in the meeting. Our keynote speaker was from the office, uh, OSTP office and from the White House. So that really tells you something how important this uh, UV initiative is now in the industry. And what's also happened is there's been more engagement and participation in affiliated organizations like, and that wasn't there in the past. So to your question, now uh, Mirit Talk was talking about NEMA. 
AFIES, we have ECGIH people, uh, consultants in the field, everyone, uh, DOE, and of course I mentioned that. They're all coming and wanting to be, OSHA is another organization, right? So they, they, they're coming to the conference and say, we are going to inspect all these UV systems which are installed in the room and we don't really know how to do it. So they've all realized that they have to be part of this and collectively we have to collaborate and uh, figure out what's the best way to implement. Yeah. Yeah, to rehash what she said, I mean, I started working in the GUV world about 2018 and you had your zealous folks, you know, that core folks that were passionate about it. And now, as Ashish mentioned with Cincinnati, you know, you had everybody's there. Um, and it's becoming more mature in a gathering pooling together. Um, there's folks in the measurement world who are doing just visible lighting are now getting into the UV world. You know, it's so they're starting to pull in other industries that support the activities of moving this one forward. Um, yeah, this is, I don't know, I, I've become around the zealous folks too long because I'm on that page now, you know, there's, there's just things coming down the road, like see all worse and you know and things that this uv can work for a lot of different things besides what we've already experienced so uh, we just need to keep working to make the uv economy ready to go that is a really awesome way of wrapping it up i think i don't need to even need to speak anymore i'll just end on that <laughs> um so awesome thank you katia thank you marae thank you ashish and thank you cameron for your time on this and look forward to seeing this event future events um down the road here and uh, i'll add one last uh, item that i didn't add in the last podcast for those of you who are listening out there that for students uh the event is free virtually you can go online to the ied website and register there and i believe there's a checkbox for students and it should be free so uh pass the word along to your the academics in your life and the students in your life to uh utilize the opportunity to learn more for free so once again thank you to all the panelists here for your time and your information and your efforts. And uh, we'll wrap this up right now and uh, we'll talk to you all soon. I'll see you in June. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks, Dan. Sounds Thank good. you guys. Bye. All right, bye-bye.